Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Now this talk, as I begin to pray about it, uh, the one thing that the Lord had put on my heart was, you know, over the years, not only in my own life, but as a pastor, as I watch believers, man, we get comfortable where we're at. No? Yeah, you do. Let me help you. We do. Yeah. We get used to our way. And, and as I begin to think about that, uh, the, the whole foundation of this talk will be founded in the book of Ephesians. We're going to spend some time there. I don't know how many weeks this will go, uh, but I, I feel like that the Lord has, has something very specific to help all of us because we're all at different places in our journey of faith, right? We're all discovering who we are as people of God. And regardless of where you've been in the kingdom for five minutes or for 25 years or whatever it might be, God's never done with you. If you're still here, then he still has things for you. So I want you to be encouraged today to not let the things going on around you, to not let the things happening in society and in the world. Because make no mistake, the world will get darker. It will get more confusing and it will lie to you more. And that's why the, the truth that's inside of us, and I'm telling you, I'm going to show you some things today that God's going to use many of us in this room to bring truth and peace and clarity to those in our circle of influence. Yeah? So let's dig into this. James chapter 1. Let's pray. Father, we love you. For every person, Father, that takes the time out of their day to gather for worship, to sit under the word. For those in the room, for those listening and watching, Holy Spirit, speak to hearts and minds today. Stretch our faith. Give us not only the grace and courage to step out, but give us the peace when we're in the middle of it and we don't see and understand everything to not quit. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. James chapter 1, verse 22, don't just listen to God's word. But what? Huh? Now, now understand, <clears throat> this is not some religious, legalistic statement that the Apostle James is making. He's trying to get us to understand that there is a different way of living. Don't just listen. Don't just read the Word. And I'm telling you, I am great at that. I love listening to sermons. I love listening to books on Audible. I love reading. But it's not just the hearer. Man, when you get a revelation from the Word of God... According to James, you got to do it. Otherwise, you are fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and you don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see, Tracy helped me the other day. Uh, you know, we were... Yeah. Well, I had something in my beard. You know, and I wasn't saving it for later. It was just, <laughs> you, you ever got that, Andy, and it's, it's down there, you don't know it's there? See, when you look in the mirror, you make, you make adjustments, you fix things. You, 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 I remember, I was looking through some pictures the other day, and I remember, I remember when I had hair. <laughs> right? <laughs> and in the beginning, it just started as an Ohio State football stadium in the back. So when you're in the mirror, you, work, you fix this part, but you don't worry about the rest of it because you can't, 
sin, right? Yeah, but eventually we had to deal with that. My point is, James' point is, we do stuff when we're looking in the mirror. We make the adjustments. We do the, the, the changes. But then when we walk away, we forget, don't we? Huh? Yeah. This is God's point today. He says, when, you're, when you don't do the word, it's like you're looking in the mirror, and then when you leave, you forget what you look like. You forget those things. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that set now, when he, when he uses this term, he's not talking about the Mosaic Old Testament law. You understand that? He's talking about the law of liberty, the word of Christ. He says, when you look into, let me paraphrase it for you like this. When you look into the New Testament, it sets you free. If, if you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for what you're doing. You see, God blesses the obedience of people, not out of legalistic religious stuff. It's a new way of living. And when you step into God's word and you do what he says, you step into the blessing. You step into the covenant that is already established. See, this is why Jesus made statements like this. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they're truth. Yeah, spirit, truth, and truth always makes you free. And truth always comes to pass. Truth never fails. Regardless of what it looks like today, truth will come to light in everything that's going on around us. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh. The words I speak are spirit and truth. Proverbs says it like this, that God's word is life to those who find it. If you look at that passage of Proverbs 4, it actually goes on to say this, and health to all their flesh. See, God is a healer today. Well, I know I've been praying for that, but I haven't seen it yet. Well, that's called unbelief. Stop, mm, come on, he just walks in and starts preaching. <laughs> huh? See, I, I wanted to start with this passage in James because when God brought this statement up, you know, and, and I began to think about this, I've probably said this several times in different messages, but this is kind of one of the things that motivated my thought process here. As long, listen very carefully, as long as humanity can live without God, they will. Make no mistake, human nature, because it is fallen, it will do everything within its power to keep someone from discovering the realities of God's life, of God's new world that he's made available for us. Your human nature will fight you. The Apostle Paul says that there is a war that rages in our mind over two worlds. See, here's the thing I want you to, to get with this today. God didn't give us his word to condemn us, he gave us his word to reveal our true nature. His word is the mirror that shows you what you look like in your born-again nature. Not only will it show you your new nature and what it looks like, are you ready for this? Just like any mirror, it will reveal all of your flaws, all of your wrinkles. I'm like, I rebuke that. I know, I know some of y'all, you go pay big money and get, it, get this and that and a shot here and a tuck there. And 
And I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not discrediting those things, you know. Johnny and I, we used to cut all the time, cut up all the time. I, I made a, stay, a statement years ago, thank God for Estee Lauder. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I don't get it. That's okay. See, if you're like me when it comes to discovering new things, when, it's coming, when, it, when it comes to you uh, making yourself available to your new nature, we're pretty good at listening. Yeah? Did you hear that podcast? You read that book? You see that video? Yeah. We're good at that. But that whole doing thing, and to some degree, you know what, Peggy? We're good at doing the things we like to do. But those things that God highlights when you're, when you're in front of the mirror of the book and he's highlighting that thing in your life that you, you know, you know God says it. You know it's in there. He's brought it to your attention a hundred times, but you do not want to do that. No? Yeah. yeah we, we, we're guilty of those things. See, the thing about Christianity, living this new life, You got to you got to listen to what James says. You got to do the things in the book, and 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 we've got to come to terms with the reality that statements like that, when James says something like that, you, you got to realize that those things are only available for people that are born again, because the things of God are not for the heathen, the ungodly, the unbeliever. They're not. Now, they can, uh, as you yield to them and give your life to Christ, at that point, the, the, the seed of God is inside you and you begin to transform should you yield to the word of God and do what it says. But like I said in the beginning of our talk, I think so often we get, we just get comfortable in our Christianity. You ever done that? Yeah. So often we're not... Let me say it like this. We're not as aware of our new nature as we are our human nature. Your human nature gets way more attention than your spiritual nature. Yeah? I'm telling you, I'm guilty of that. And, I, and that's really the driving force behind our talk today. This talk that I've entitled two worlds, because you understand, and, 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 and this is Paul's point in his letter to the Corinthian church when he tells us that when we accept Jesus, we become new people, not religious people, not denominational people. I absolutely despise that garbage, denominational stuff. I can't stand it. It has been the biggest turnoff to the ungodly in our nation. What denomination are you? Well, you know they say it like this, and they say it like this. What's the book say? At some point, can we just be real for a second? Who cares what, what, they put, what name you put on the door? There was a young church that I followed years ago, and they were renting a facility, and it was a, a bar. I know some of y'all like, how could they do that? Well, they just, they, they hid the liquor. You know, they, they, didn't want, they didn't want to tempt anybody. But, they, but it was the cheapest place they could find for rent, and they started their church in a bar. Right? See, religion would be tore up about that. It's a stinking building. It's a building. Doesn't matter, right? 
You know, if, if we left it up to Jack, we'd be having a tent meeting. <laughs> nope. Not today. <laughs> I like heat. Yeah. When we are, when we are open and willing to accept truths about our new nature. See, on your worst day, you're born again if you've given your life to Jesus. On the other side of your biggest failure, you belong to Jesus. It's not a get right with God on Sunday because you blew it on Saturday. No, if you're born again, you're born again. Now, that doesn't mean you can't change. That doesn't mean you're supposed to, you know, stay the way you are. Yes, repent, turn, to, you know, back. But you're born again. What are you saying, preacher? You're you saying once saved, always saved? I'm not saying that. I know you can turn away from God, but it is a lot harder to get, out, get away from God than the religious world has made it sound. Because you are a new person. You're born again. Why are you driving this home so hard? Because people are ignorant. I say that respectfully, but I mean, we are sometimes. We listen to something, we're like, okay. It's like stuff you watch on TV. Well, it must be true. The government said it. Are you for real right now? See, when you start following Paul and you listen closely to the things that he's telling the New Testament church, we have a new life. Right up in the middle of humanity, born again nature. He says it like this in Ephesians 1, out of the message, I love this paraphrase, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. And see, with that reality that we are born into a completely new world, which is 100% spiritual. So that means we belong to two worlds. We belong to this natural world, but we also belong to a spiritual world. And as the spiritual world becomes more of a reality in your life, you become more effective from that world in this one. Because, see, we're here. Until, we're, until the Lord takes us home, until he comes back and gets us or we go to him, we're here. And Jesus expects us to occupy until he comes back for us. We are to be about the things of God. And so when you get a revelation, because we're all at different places, the reason God put pastors in churches is to shepherd people, to inspire, to instruct, to challenge, to correct. That's my, that's my role. I know some of you think, well, who, who does that to you? The Holy, the Holy Spirit and Tracy. Huh? And you. And you do. See, if you didn't come back next Sunday, then you say, then you don't agree. And, and listen, there's been hundreds that have come through these doors and left because they don't agree. Yeah, and that's okay. That's just part of the, the nature of what church looks like today in the 21st century. We're like this revolving, you know, let, let, let's do a drive-through real quick and check them out and see if, see if I agree with them or like them. And, and to some, there's some health, healthy stuff in that. You should. You should never just assume a preacher's right. Right? But learning to navigate a spiritual world confined to humanity can be challenging, especially when you've been bogged down for years with religion and tradition. Jesus said it's the traditions of men that make my word ineffective. So don't follow tradition. See, the thing about it, when you get into the book and you set around the things of God, the book of Hebrews actually makes it very clear that it is only through God's word that he shows us the difference 
between the natural and the spiritual. The book does. It shows you. That's the mirror, and it shows you what the spiritual looks like. It shows you what your new nature looks like, rooted and grounded in love, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Something else that when you follow Paul's letter, now let me, I, I keep, you know, I quote Paul so often. But I want you to understand something. This guy was taken to heaven and taught by Jesus. I know you're cool with that. Like, yeah. He says, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I really don't know how it transpired, but I was taught by Jesus himself. He says, man didn't teach me. I didn't get this at school, at seminary. Jesus taught me. And when you see some of the things that he's, he talks about, in Corinthians, he reveals to us that God's word is designed to be discerned spiritually, not downloaded intellectually. Now, obviously, we have to use our intelligence to process. Our soul is the processor of truth. And even though we're confined here now in this natural world, according to Jesus, how many of you think Jesus knows what he's talking about? Yeah. According to Jesus, we are no longer of this world. We're not of this world anymore. Well, does that mean I can do what I want? Well, obviously not. Because Paul also says in his letter to the Corinthian church that we are to obey the laws of the land until those laws tell you to contradict God. I got one mm -hmm out of that. You better hear me today. You think, you think the laws are going to change? That stuff is so jacked up. The judicial system, it is the number one thing under attack by Satan right now. You have to understand that. So quit getting mad at people. Even though we're confined here, we're not part of this world anymore. We're part of a different kingdom. Paul actually takes it a step further in his revelation in the book of Philippians. And he says this, that our citizenship is in heaven. You're a citizen of heaven right now. You are a traveler, if you will, down here for a season. And this is why we need to be about the things of God while we're here doesn't mean you can't have fun, enjoy life, enjoy hobbies, do things. That, that, but you need to, Brother Hagin used to tell us like this all the time, you need to keep the switch of faith turned on in your life. You need to stay on, whether you're at the, this may help some of you today, parents, whether you're at the ball field and the ref just, you, you know he's your friend, you know, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want to deal with you. I remember Travis used to he used to he used to ref basketball games. Parents, y'all crazy <laughs> over sports. And 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 the and the child is like eleven. And you think they're in the NBA. <laughs> Come on, man. We we get that way, don't we? But as revelation comes to us. You know, something that we talk about quite often, uh, you know, when you begin to spend time in, in the things of God, just like with what we're talking about today with, you know, understanding the difference in the two worlds, I cannot help but wonder if, if we simply need some clarity about the spiritual side of things. Just a little bit more revelation on some of the realities of our new world, of our new identity. 
Because we allow everything to dictate our response, our decisions, our reactions, etc. Whatever circumstance you're facing, you allow. I mean, man, I have, I have not only in my own life do I, I blow it on a regular basis, but more, I watch some of you all. And here's the thing, my wife, she, she works with the public. And, you know, they'll come in and have a conversation and they find, you know, they find out that she's a believer because she, she talks, man. I mean, she talks, you know. It's more like an interrogation. She says, we're just having a conversation, but it's more like an, in- she's like, Gary. But then, but then in the conversation, she's a Christian, oh, and they're a Christian. They're talking about being Christian, being Christian. And then all of a sudden, something with the deal goes wrong. And them being a Christian, all of a sudden, all that, I mean, all of a sudden, their language changed. They're using this beautiful, colorful language now. Huh? You got to understand something, man. We're all still on the wheel. But when the Lord continually brings something up, quit being so hard-headed. You are a new creation in Christ. Your spirit is made in his image. Remember, he didn't give us his word to condemn us, but to what? Reveal truth to us. So, so when I ask this question, let it challenge you, not condemn you. Okay? Y'all ready? According to the Apostle James, how's your doer awareness? Why'd you word it like that? Because a lot of times we're not aware of The stuff that comes out of our mouth. (laughs) We're not not aware of some of the things we do. We just do them. And and then somebody brings it up. You're like, well, that's just who I am. Then change. (laughs) And then it won't happen on accident. You understand? Jesus will develop and shape you. How often, let let me ask it like this. How often would you say, You are applying basic spiritual principles in your daily life. Now, I know we, our church answer is, well, all the time, liar. Ain't nobody doing it all the time. Let's get real for a second. Uh Uh-uh. I bet you last night during that ball game, some of you wasn't doing it. I bet some of you had some colorful language then, didn't you? Right? Yeah. See, as we make ourselves available to the spiritual world, guess what happens? According to Romans, not that you can become more spiritual because you're 100% born again. You are made in the image of your spirit is. But now, can you transform to be more like God? Absolutely. According to Corinthians, the more that we behold him, the more we're transformed into that same image. But once again, you can't just hear it, yeah? I mean, let's be real for a second. Most of us, most of the time, we're, we're more committed to this world, though. We are, man. We're all that way. We're committed to, the, to our, our families, our careers, the things that we like, yeah? I finally ran out of my M&Ms. Or Tracy hid him in a new place. Yes. See, I, I bring that up because those are the, that is one of the most simple things 
that, that, that in, in the natural, you're thinking, man, you can't overcome M&Ms. <laughs> the battle is real. Yeah. I know some of you think, well, that, that's, that's ridiculous, man. If you can't do that, how can God work through you? Well, because I, 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 you know, even though I give into that flesh, there's other things I don't. Are you with me? I, I still follow after and pursue after the things of God, but I bring myself up as an example because every one of us in this room, we have areas in our life that we fail at. And, and what God wants you to understand today is that's why your spirit is made perfect in him. It's this carnal nature that you have to battle with. And the stronger you get spiritually, in those two worlds that we live in, the one will begin to dominate the other. Yeah. See, here's the thing. The bulk of this talk, as I said, is going to be driven from the book of Ephesians. So I want to kind of get into that a little bit. I want to listen to some of Paul's words because when you look at that letter, and this is one of the first things I want you to understand. Let me just go ahead and lay this out here for you. I, I want you to... For the next couple of weeks, anyway, I know we'll be in this. I want Ephesians to be your homework. Okay? I got one, yeah. Let me try this side. How many of you going to help me with this? I want Ephesians to be your homework. Can, can you? Uh, now, I know some of you think, well, I, I, but Pastor, it's a new year. I just started my one-year Bible. Well, good. I don't want to interrupt your one-year Bible. I want you to stay in your one-year Bible. This is not your one-year Bible. This is your assignment from your pastor, Ephesians. It's, it's broken down in six chapters, but I don't want you to look at it like a chapter and verse thing. It's a letter. Listen to me carefully. It is a letter written to this young church. It's a letter written to you. I want you to personalize the book of Ephesians. See, at the core of this letter, it actually reveals the mystery of God's church in the earth. Ephesians is my favorite book in the New Testament because it gives such clarity. And what's going to happen with you uh, um, when you start spending time in it? I had a young gentleman uh, about a month or so ago. He said, man, I want to get closer to God. What do you recommend? I said, start in the book of Ephesians and set up camp there. Because the book of Ephesians shows you precisely, in detail, revelation upon revelation, who you are in Christ. But until you see that, you don't. So understand, this, this letter, you realize, let me just give you a little bit of history here. Because the Apostle Paul, this is one of the churches on his missionary journey that, that he started. And he spent like two years at this church. Grown it to the successful fellowship, and then he leaves to continue on his journey. And then some five years later, say five years. years. See, this is the thing, guys. That church had been going for for several years before Paul even wrote this letter. Giving, because I'm sure he had taught these things while he was there, but now he's reminding them of stuff. And so now Paul, from prison, is writing this encyclical letter or this letter that was designed to be circulated by leaders. He knew people, he knew his anointed leaders would pass this around. God designed it this way. And the ultimate revelation that you see in the book of Ephesians is this. It's us in him 
and him in us. See, some of you all, if you were aware of that, tomorrow afternoon about 2 o'clock, Friday night about 9 o'clock when you and your crew's out, Y'all tough crowd today, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I know y'all. Y'all got it. When you are more, let me phrase it like this. Us in him, him in us, or if you were more God inside minded on a regular basis. I, I've said this many times over the years. I, I am sure that if you could see Jesus beside you, you wouldn't act the way you do some. You, you, you wouldn't say some of this. If you, could, if you looked over and saw him, you, you wouldn't. Where is he? He said, I'll never leave you. Does that never leave you metaphorically speaking, Jesus? No, if you're born again, his spirit lives inside you. The Holy Spirit is Christ omnipresent. Yeah. See, ultimately, when you begin to study Ephesians, it's the Lord's appeal to his creation, to those that are born again, for us to participate in what Jesus commissioned us to do. Just fast forwarding real quickly, in Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible says that Jesus is building a glorious church without spot or wrinkle that he's coming back for. You all have heard me say this many times. I believe we're on the verge of that happening because Make no mistake, the thing, this, this stuff's about to wrap up down here. You understand that? The Lord's about to call this thing a done deal. And he's coming back for this glorious church. Not a barely get by church, not this broke, struggling, oh, what are we going to do? No, 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 uh -uh. He's coming back for a church full of glory and power. But now, you understand, according to the book of Ephesians, it doesn't come by you wishing and coming on a Sunday morning and saying, mm, I get one amen and I'm out. No, you're going to have to conform to this world just like you've been trained for however many years you've been here to conform to your humanity. I know there's a lot of people, I, I, I'm not on much social media stuff, but I, 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 I follow some stuff on Instagram every now and then and I see pictures and stuff and I, I see this all the time. Well, God's in control of everything. Well, whoever, and, and, and I know a bunch of you have been taught that stuff. God's in control of everything. What about those that are going to hell? We don't want, we don't want to really say, you know, it, I, I know it, it's a, a, a good religious statement. You know what God's in control of? What you give him. And I know that kicks a religious cow. I know people choke on that. They struggle with that. Well, you've got a Bible. Go read the thing. If God was in, if God was in control of everything, then why do we have to preach the gospel? Because if he's in control of it, the ones that are going to hell are going. The nations that are going to crumble, well, they're going to crumble. You're going to do what you do, so God, why am I praying? Because you're going to do what you do anyway, so why pray? How are we doing? Yeah, so that whole God's in control of everything, and if you're one of them posting that, quit posting that stuff. It's not even biblical. God holds the world in the palm of his hand, but the Bible makes it very clear that he gave the authority of this planet to us. Yeah. Man, you came out swinging today, Reverend. Well, sometimes, you know, but y'all can handle it, right? Some of you? Okay. Well, let's, let's, since I kicked your sacred cow, let's read the Bible. All right? Ephesians 1, watch this. 
blessed, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed. Say it with me. Has blessed. Say it one more time. Has blessed. What's that mean? <laughs> and, and now you're like, well, I don't feel blessed. Well, quit walking by your feelings. I, let me take a minute with this word blessed. Because you see it written two different, in, in two different ways here. First one is, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word blessed in the Greek is, is the word reverence, glory, honor, divine nature. The next one blessed is blessed and highly favored. Deuteronomy 28 blessed. Blessed going in, blessed coming out. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. You'll be above only and not beneath. God will give you houses and cities you didn't build. Your bank accounts, your, your flocks will overflow. Blessed. Highly favored by God. He has, let me say it like this, he has empowered us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And there's been many times that I've talked with people about this passage, and, 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 and it's, it's, Kate, it staggers my mind how people try so desperately to support their unbelief. I mean, it blows my mind because this is their pushback. Well, Reverend, you know he's talking about blessings in heavenly places. Where are you born of? What's your new creature, your new, your new creation? What is it the nature of? Heaven, thank you. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I know this might be a little difficult. This might be a stake in your little baby trying to swallow some of this today. But, but when we, we get this and you understand, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You see, spiritual blessings, these divine privileges, these resources, they're made available to those of us who are in Christ, still confined to this natural world. When you step over there, you're going to put on the, the you're going to put on immortality and you're going to in the outside you're going to be like him. Right now on the inside you like him and you've got to use faith and believe the word of God like looking in a mirror for that to manifest in this world. But there's going to come a day when Paul says you're going to put on immortality and, and then on the outside you're going to be just like him. The contemporary English says it like this, the spiritual blessings Christ has brought to us from heaven. He brought them here. You ever wonder why when Jesus, the stuff that Jesus did, he told his disciples to go do it? He said, you watch me. I mean, that is one of the most basic elementary principles of leadership. You watch what I do, and then you come do what I do with me, and then I watch you do. It's one of the most simple leadership principles that's out there. Jesus said, and, and you, all you got to do is go read the Great Commission. He said, the things that I taught you to do, you go teach everybody else to do the same thing I taught you to do. Make disciples. He didn't say make church members. <laughs> he, he didn't even say make converts. Don't just get them born again. He said make disciples. You getting this? And so as we unpack this today, the reality that I want to keep out in front of us is this. We belong to two worlds. This natural world, but we also belong to a spiritual world. 
that is more real than this one. You remember, I've said, I've said this hundreds of times. This is why Paul says, while we look not at the thing that's seen, but the thing that's unseen, because the thing that's seen is temporary. But the thing that's unseen, what is it? It's eternal. See, this is the thing that God's wanting us to understand. So let's, let's, let's go back in. Verse 4, Ephesians chapter 1. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame in him. See, your born again nature, it's holy because it's made like Jesus. One of the things I want you to do while you're doing your homework over the next couple of weeks, while you're, you know, when you got a spare five minutes, go to Ephesians. Don't watch another rerun. Don't do another TikTok. Come on, you all. Take a minute. Now, I know some of you laughing, but I'm right there with you. Take a minute. It's, now, your flesh is going to fight you on this. Because if you're used to going to Instagram and TikTok, and like, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. And then you pull your phone out, and you just get a brand new TikTok notification. Ting! And you're like, I'm not doing it. Because that's where your Bible is on your phone too, right? Yeah. See, what I want you to do is on purpose commit to this. And here's the thing I want you to do. Y'all ready for this? As you go through the, the, this letter, as you begin to set up camp there, every time you see in him, in whom, is there somebody on the roof? Sound like it, doesn't it? I'm like, like what is, was he back there the whole time y'all messing with me? Okay. Oh, all right, Tim. No, they're still doing it. Let's, let's hope so. <laughs> all right, come on. Back with me. What was I telling you? In Christ, in him, in whom? See, every time, you, I'm, I'm telling you, it is going to be, it's going to literally jump off the page to you. As you start to study and you see in him, when you do it, circle it, highlight it, and then put your name there because that's you. Just as he chose Gary in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy, that I, Gary, should be holy and without blame in him, in him. Having predestined, now this word predestined, this is a guaranteed destiny for you. Predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to his good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You and I, the minute you give your life to Jesus, you are accepted in the beloved family of God. And one of the dominant reoccurring things you're going to see through Ephesians is who we are. This is one of the, the things I love the most about this letter. It shows you who your true nature is. You're made in his image, in his likeness. Maybe our first question should be, can we bring the realities? You got to get this today. Can we bring the realities of his world into this world? Can we? 
how we do it. That's the big deal, right? That's the big question. So how do we, if we can't, Tim, if we can, how we do it? See, the very first thing you have to acknowledge, the very first thing that you have got to accept, according to the Apostle Paul, according to Jesus, is that these realities, they're only available for people who believe it. Believing is a big deal in the things of God. He made humanity this way. He, we are built to believe. Every one of you listening to me right now, you live within the boundaries of a, a, a self-designed belief system that you already have. You do things a certain way because you believe that. When it comes to the things of God, we function a certain way because we choose to believe those things. This might help you a little bit. Just like you think about salvation, you know, the, the new birth. Jesus went to the cross for how many? Everybody. Yeah. Jesus went to the cross for everybody. You see, guys, the atonement, it's finished. The work is over. Now, he's waiting on individuals to exercise their faith and reach over into that world and receive what he paid for on the cross. It's already done. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Is salvation a spiritual blessing? He has. Are you sure? Okay. God already made the provision for salvation. See, it, I know some of you are like, well, but, but I am born again. Okay, are you prospering? Are you walking in the blessing? Are you walking in the favor? Are you walking in healing? Are you experiencing the anointing? What is it in your life that's in the book that you don't see yet? Because it's already been made available for you. The provision is already there. Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. This is why back in verse 6, he made this statement that you and I have been accepted. Remember, I, I, I said this on Wednesday night, talking about the prodigal son and his older brother, that he didn't go squander all his money. He stayed home. And the prodigal son makes it back home, and the dad sees him and right away runs to him and restores him. Puts the signet ring back on him, gets him a robe, and then throws a party for him. But the older brother gets mad. He said, why didn't you throw me a party? Watch this very carefully. Because the, 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 the father here represents the father God. Many of us are the prodigal son that came back. But as a pastor over the years, what I've learned, there's a whole bunch of older brothers that's sitting out in one of them pews and mad. Because, yeah, but don't you know what he did? Yes, God knows exactly what I did. And he tells, listen, he tells the older brother, he said, son, all that I have is already yours. It's always been yours. It's yours now. But you cannot walk in the spiritual world in the natural world. That's Paul's main point when he's trying to drive this home in Romans 8, he says, if you want to be spiritual, you got to walk in the spirit. You got to set your mind on the things of the spirit. Y'all okay? Can we go a little bit further? All right. Verse 15. 
Therefore, now we just got, when you see a therefore, you got to go back and read the first part of Ephesians 1 to find out what the therefore is there for. Because we've been accepted in the beloved. All the spiritual promises, they've been given to us. We have this predestined life that has been made available to us. All we have to do is choose to, to sit at the feet of Jesus long enough till we get the revelation of it. And then go all the way back to the beginning. What did James tell us? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Cody. Don't just be a hearer. Be a doer. All right, let's... let's Let's go. Ephesians 1, verse 15. Therefore, after I heard of your faith in the Lord and your love for the saints, I don't cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer. Now, this prayer I'm getting ready to show you. This is a change your life prayer. I want you to understand. Put, let me have verse 16 again. Or 15. There we go. After I heard of your faith in the Lord and your love for the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I don't cease to give thanks for you. I don't cease to make mention of you in your prayer. He, Paul is constantly praying for this young church. See, I try to live this way with you all. I pray in a general sense over the church, but man, the, the minute one of your all's faces pops in my mind, I'm praying the, the bulk of the time, this is what I'm praying for you. This is what you, you ought to pray this over your life every day of your life. Let's, let's get into it. Verse 17. This is what Paul's praying, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The first thing he's praying is that you get the spirit of, of wisdom and revelation. He's praying that you get the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Because you're in him. And when you get the knowledge of him, that you're in him, you and him and him. And, but you've got you to see it. You've got to get the revelation of it first. Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding or your soul will be enlightened. That you will know what is the hope of his calling. That you will know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And that you will know what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who go to church on Sunday. What's it say? Guys, you got to believe this stuff. You got to believe it. He says... According to the working of the mighty power that's already in us. See, Paul isn't praying. This is going to stretch you a little bit. Paul isn't praying, listen very carefully, for God to do something new. Paul's not praying for God to do something new. He's praying that people see what God's already done. He's already done it. He's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing. He's already established his covenant with you. If you're believing God for certain things, if you've got promises, how long are you going to just sit here? Go in and possess it. That's why he said, Lord, let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. Let their souls see what's going on. See, according to God's word, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. According to his word, we are these new creations. Right now, we have been transferred out of this kingdom of darkness and into his kingdom. This, this is why Paul is saying, God, I pray this, that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they know what the hope of your calling is, that they walk in the riches of your glory, that they operate in the exceeding greatness of your power. 
Man. See, it's seeing spiritually is the key to this. Comprehending the realities of that world. And that doesn't mean that God wants you to be a different person in the natural. You know, now obviously he wants us to change, but your personality is you. He doesn't want, you know, he gave you your personality, be you. Now continue to develop that, obviously. You know, some of you could be nicer. Some of you could smile a little more. Huh? Yeah? Some of us were too serious all the time. Can't have any fun. Right? You look around, you don't have any friends, and you wonder why. <laughs> Kate said, easy. Listen, guys, God is working on every one of us. It doesn't matter where it is or what it looks like. If, you're, if you've already positioned yourself in a place where you're above something like that, then God can't help you. But when you're open to this and you're like, God, open the eyes of my understanding so that I know what the hope of your calling is, so that I can walk in the riches of your glory as part of your inheritance, so that I can function in the exceeding greatness of your power. Remember what James said? Don't just listen to God's word. Do it. Do it. So I'm going to get you out of here with this today. Which, which word are you doing? I'm doing all of it, Reverend. <laughs> wow. Yeah? What about John 14? You doing that one? Jesus said, the things I do, you'll do also in greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Well, I can tell you right now, I'm not there yet. I'm still, Cody, I'm still working on that one. I mean, you take that one statement. The only word of God that we become doers of is the word of God that we accept by faith. We kind of, we kind of need, if you will, a New Testament in the words of the, of the Apostle Peter, such as I have, I give to you. Remember when he was at the gate beautiful and the beggar was there? He said, man, I don't have any money, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up. Now, what if you went in the break room tomorrow and said, well, I don't know what to tell you, brother, right now, but I, do not, I got this. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up. I know. We choke on stuff like that, don't we? When, we? when we start stretching out to where, you know, because we've all believed God for certain things and we haven't gotten it. If you're in this room, I know you're believing God for things right now and we haven't seen the results of it yet. Okay. You got truth and then you got fact. Let, let me, Paula, let me have that statement down there. It's at the end of my message. I wrote something down about this because I said it uh, on Wednesday night. And, and I thought, man, and, and I'm going I'm to give you this and we'll, we'll leave. But I was ministering Wednesday night and the Lord kind of put this in my notes. I, I begin to kick this around. Truth is the highest realm of reality. Truth is the highest realm of reality. And God's word is truth. Yes? Yeah. And once we abandon truth, then we're left with facts. Y'all got any fact checkers? We need some fact checkers. <laughs> See, once you abandon truth, you're left with, can I give you an example? Children of Israel, God said, go in and possess the land. I have given you the land. Truth. 
There's giants in the land. Fact. You got truth and you got facts. Truth is the highest realm of reality. And when you get truth, Jesus said truth makes you free. When you get it. But you still have to walk it out. They had truth. It's your land. I've given it to you. But there's giants over there. I said go get it. Yeah. See, we have to get to this place where we believe what God has told us. Hosea chapter 4 said, my people are destroyed. God's people. This is God speaking through the prophet. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they've rejected knowledge. You heard it. Well, I don't know about that, Reverend. I don't really believe that. I was taught different than that. I don't agree with that. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. This is not just information knowledge. This is revelation knowledge. When you get a thus says the Lord on something, this is why Jesus said, he said, man, my words, they're spirit. They're truth. I'm not playing games with you. If Jesus tells you to do something, how many of you think he, he meant what he said? Yeah. Remember what Paul tells us uh, in, in, in his revelation to us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who who has, who has, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Our role as a son or daughter of God is to learn how to walk out the spiritual blessings that Jesus came to this planet and died for that we could have. The new covenant has been established. So go walk in it. Amen. It's just like giving your life to Jesus. He already paid the price. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, your life is paid for. Your eternity is secure. All you have to do is believe what I'm telling you and ask Jesus to come into your life. It's that simple. It's not complicated. He knew he would be dealing with just regular everyday people. So if you want to be part of the family of God, not necessarily Victory Life Church. I mean, that's great if the Lord brings you here. But most importantly, the most important decision a human will ever make is giving your life to Jesus. That's step one. You don't have to know everything about it. You just have to believe that it's true. Jesus came to the planet. He died. Three days later, got out of the grave. You just, just believe it. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. It's not of the senses. It's of faith. You have to just believe it. And then take a step. Don't just hear it. Like James says, do it. So if you're in the room, if you're listening, if you're watching, Say the prayer with us. Give Jesus a chance in your life today. Everybody here, let's help them with this. Let's all say it together. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said the prayer, you let somebody know. Stop at our information desk, call us, tell a friend, tell somebody. Uh, that's the, the biggest decision you've ever made in life. And now for the rest of you, remember you're going to have some opportunity this week to stretch your faith. And remember your homework. Yeah? You, go, you got that? I'm telling you, if you go into it, if you go into Ephesians with faith, it's going to change your life. It will, I'm telling you, you're going to see stuff you've never seen before. God designed his word that way. It is progressive in its revelation. 
So make that a priority this week. And then next, next, next Sunday, we'll dig into this a little more. Also, if you brought your tithe or your offering today, I know many of you, you like to give online so you can go to the app. But for those of you that did bring, I'm old school. I still, I still bring a check. I like putting it in the box. Yeah. And so whatever it is, but there's gift boxes all over the, the lobby and on the way out. So uh, I do want to thank you for your giving because, man, the things that we're able to do in our community and the ministries that we're able to help and, and, and the new ones that we're adding, it's a wonderful thing to be able to take care of, of, of the needy in our community. Amen. So thank you for being faithful givers. Guys, we love you all. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.